the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Like Bob on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Live. And welcome back to Bob Bernie Live and the Don Crow Show. As we simulcast today in Columbus, Ohio, and in Washington, D.C., it is an open phone Friday, and we can talk about anything you want to talk about. We're going to head to Maryland, and we have Robert on the line. Robert, I am honored that you called. Welcome. What's on your mind? Oh, Bob. Yes, honor speaking to you, too. Uh, Bob, I um, I listened again to what you had said previously. I think both parties is doing it, the left and the right. Joe Biden is too old. Donald Trump is too old. And they need to have an um, age limit. What about Mitch McConnell? These people just love power. Both. Both parties. It's not just a liberal. I both agree. Liberals, yes. I agree completely. Yeah, look at Mitch McConnell. He sees Biden is falling down. He can hardly walk. So, metaphorically speaking, in term, I think it's both sides. It's not just liberal. Conservative, too. No, no, I, I have no disagreement with, with you at all. Uh, I think in many ways Mitch McConnell has done a wonderful job. Other ways have been very disappointed with him, but I think it's time for him to step aside. Now, I understand when he froze up, he had a concussion, he fell, he hit his head, and I guess this is not that unusual uh, doesn't uh, hinder his mental ability and so forth. But still, I think I think there should be an upper age limit for those in government. I do, and whether it, and you're right, it's not just the liberals; it's the conservatives as well. And it is about power. I agree with you about one hundred percent. You know, they yeah, they they're just hungry. This woman was in power; she just on her dying bed. She don't want to get up off power. Yeah. Good grief. This woman yeah. is 90 years old. Yeah, I know. And if you and then if you try to kick her out, oh, it's discrimination against um Well, but but in this case, people many speak. people in her own party begged her, begged her to resign she and she refused. And Mitch McConnell need to go too. Yeah. Yes. Well, I agree with you, Robert. Yes, and I agree with you too, Bob. Well, if I'm the regular, two of us if the Mitch two Mitch. of us agree together, we must be right. Right. And I'm a regular listener. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Robert. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, let me tell you a quick story, all right, and then get into this story in front of me that I think is very, very important. Uh, it's probably been, hmm, it's probably been 30 years ago. Uh, I was on a medical mission in Mexico with a dear doctor friend of my wife and I. He invited me to go along. And uh, we went to a tiny 
village up on the top of a mountain in Mexico by the name of Imaris. Uh, we flew in on a Mission Aviation Fellowship plane. We landed on a postage stamp on the side of the mountain. I I have always loved to fly. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know how in the world we were going to land on this tiny little spot on the side. Anyway, uh, we were doing some mission work there. Uh, Dr. Obergon was his name. He was doing some surgery and so forth. And I was just kind of along. I assisted, you know, wherever I could. But anyway, the reason for the story. Uh, in this village was a fairly large church. I wouldn't call it a cathedral, uh, but a large church. It served this village. It also served a long, long ways in the surrounding areas around this village. And so one day, those of us in the group, we decided to go down and check it out. And we went in, and at the front of the church was something I had never seen. On one side of the altar was a statue of the patron saint of that particular area of Mexico. Well, that wasn't unusual. Uh, If you've ever traveled to Mexico and went to Catholic churches, almost all of them have a statue or two of the patron saint. Each area has their own patron saint. And I don't remember who it was, but there was the statue of the patron saint. On the other side of the altar was a totem pole. A totem pole. You know what a totem pole is? It's something that animists worship, people who worship animals. And it was there in the church. And I began asking around, what in the world is a totem pole doing in here? And here's what I was told by the leaders of the church. Well, we're a Christian church. We're Catholic. And we honor and revere the uh, patron saint here. But... Most of the people in this area are Indians, and they revere animals. They are animists. They worship animals. Well, we don't want to offend them. So we decided we would bring their totem pole into the church, and we would honor their religion, hoping they would honor our religion. Well, I'd never seen anything like that, and I was just shocked. And then I began to learn about syncretism. Syncretism is the blending of this religion, that religion, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a pinch of this, a cup of this, a teaspoon of this. Syncretism, putting together different religions. Well, syncretism is absolutely, completely condemned in Scripture. Jesus made it very clear. I am the way, the truth, the life. No man, nobody, nobody comes to the Father except through me. The Bible is so clear that there is one and only one way of salvation. I don't know whether you've read through the Old Testament or not. I hope you have. But one of the things you find out about the Old Testament is that God's people in the Old Testament often practice syncretism. Yeah, they would worship Jehovah God, but they would also worship Baal. They would worship Ashtaroth. 
and they would worship the gods of the land, the people, and so forth. And in every single case of syncretism in the Old Testament, God brought judgment. God condemned his own people. God poured out his wrath and judgment upon his own people because they did not worship the one true God, Jehovah. God repeatedly told the Jews, you are my people. I am your God. I will be your God. You will be my people. You're a peculiar people. And in the New Testament, we find the same message. We are a peculiar people. We even call it royal priesthood in the New Testament. In spite of all of the warnings in the Bible, Old and New Testament, against this mixing of faiths and religion, it is everywhere. The reason I brought this up I have in front of me an article from Sojourners. Sojourners is a far, far liberal left social justice ministry. They love to call themselves evangelicals. They are not even close to being evangelicals. They're not in the same neighborhood. They're not in the same state. They're not in the same country. They're not in the same universe as evangelicals. But they pass themselves off as evangelicals, in order to put forward not the real gospel, but a social justice gospel. They used to be headed by a guy named Jim Wallace. He has now retired, and uh, people even farther left than he is have now taken over. But They have tremendous influence in mainline Protestantism. They also have influence in a lot of evangelical circles. I wanted to give you that foundation for this story, and I'll get into it when we return. The headline for this article that I just received yesterday from Sojo.net, from the Sojourners, The headline, My Latin Christian Faith Embraces What Western Faith Demonizes. Yeah. It is a glaring illustration of syncretism that God abhors in our world today. It's important that we learn this, folks. Hang with me. Stay with me. This is important stuff. We'll be back. Follow Bob on Twitter at twitter.com slash Live. Here's the headline from uh, Sojourners, social justice organization. My Latin faith, my Latin Christian faith, embraces what Western faith demonizes. 
All right, listen to this, because this really is important because this is happening in churches all across America. Costa Rican-American writer John Manuel Arias often says that he lived in San Jose, Costa Rica with his grandma and four ghosts. When he shares this fact with Latin folks, he is typically met with curiosity. What are the ghosts' names? How do they communicate with you? Did they follow you to the U.S.? It is a common understanding in many Latin American indigenous cultures that the veil between the living and the dead is thin, and relating with our ancestors can be an everyday occurrence. Now, let me just stop and say, this article presents that. This is from a supposed Christian organization. They say that they're evangelicals. They're portraying this as a positive thing because it's part of Latin American culture. The uh, veil between the living and the dead is thin, and relating with our ancestors can be an everyday occurrence. Wait a minute. That's necromancy. Communing with the dead. It is absolutely, totally, unequivocally condemned in Scripture. It is an abomination to God. This is having a seance with dead people. Oh, but there's a scriptural proof. Quote, Scriptures that speak of the clouds of witnesses surrounding those who follow Jesus resonate strongly with many Latin folks. We may not call them ghosts, but we recognize that our ancestors are still with us. Folks, this is not Christianity. This is the occult. Here is a supposed evangelical organization that is promoting the occult. Necromancy. And then the writer goes on, many Latines living in this country have adopted a form of white Western Christianity that has come at a great cost to our cultural identity our communal connection, and our sense of belonging. We face the tension of embracing a faith marked by discourses that demonize indigenous, Afro-Latin, and Mestizo wisdom and spiritual practices. Well, yes, because it's demonic. I've had the privilege of preaching in 32 different countries. I have preached deep, deep, deep in the jungle in Ecuador, deep, deep, deep in the jungle in Africa. I have been in the midst of pagan cultures, and I have watched people be set free from the spiritual darkness and the demonism of these occult pagan Cultures. No, there's nothing Western about this. It's biblical. And by the way, in all of those places, they have their own cultural practices. I love to worship with Africans. Oh, my goodness, I love, 
I love, I love, I love to be in an African church and worship with them. Oh, there's nothing like it. To see their culture. But you don't change your doctrine in order to appease the culture. If it's darkness, if it's demonic, like communicating with dead spirits, when a person accepts Jesus as Savior and they're born again, they are set free from that darkness. Here we have a major organization that presents themselves as evangelical, actually promoting demonic practices and the occult because it's part of this person's Latin culture. Well, again, I have been in many places where witchcraft was a part of their culture. But when people got saved, they abandoned the witchcraft. They didn't bring it into the church. Well, that's a part of our culture. We can't abandon witchcraft. It's just a part of who we are. We can worship Jesus, and we can worship demons. No, you can't. Any more than the church that I told you about in Mexico that had a patron saint on one side and a totem pole on the other. They're worshiping Jesus God, they're praying to a patron saint, and they're praying to a bunch of animals as well. No. That is absolutely condemned in Scripture. But once you abandon the absolute authority of God's Word, anything is possible. I have seen some wacky, crazy things from the folks at Sojourners and the whole social justice thing. But when you begin to embrace, promote, and praise spiritism, demonic communication with dead people, that must be exposed and it must be condemned. Hey, Luther in Chillicothe, hang with me, all right? It's Open Phone Friday. I'll come to you when we return. My number, 877-BOB-LIVE, 877-262-5483. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.